victory by the word. I hope you have your writing material. Anytime you come to church, I told you. If the Bible uses a word like teach, it says the things that you said the things that you've heard of me, is it commit down to faithful brethren who shall be able to teach others also? So the house of God is a place for teaching, and anywhere you te- you hear teaching, it means it's a place for you to learn. I always say that some of the issues we are having in the body of Christ is because of the orientation that we had through, you know, the churches, some of the churches that came to us, came before us. Some did a very good job. In fact, they did a very good job by laying the foundation, but some of the things in the foundation were wrong. People come to church, coming to, um, as it were, receive from God. And, and, and uh, it's not wrong, but primarily, we, we don't come to church for God to do something for us. You see, we come to build our spirits through the word of God. We come to build our spirits through the Word of God. Then in some circles too, the preaching of the Word of God is a time for human advice. Someone asked me, so pastor, does it mean we don't advise at all in church? And I said, uh, one of the reasons of the Word of God, as stated in the scripture, he said all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for doctrine. Then he says it's profitable for correction. So there's some bit and piece of, you know, sometimes you're in church and you take whatever. Let me help you on how to, you know, scale your life by the word of God. Now, that's what I'm teaching, victory by the word. Now, listen to this. Never leave a service without an action plan. Jesus Christ said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, for example, if pastor preaches on prayer, but throughout the week, you should have something you are doing. So in the service, it's not just you hearing something. There should be an action you are taking as a result of the service. Because the hearer is not the one who is blessed. It's the doer who is blessed. So it says, whosoever hear these things of mine and doeth them, say the same, I will liken unto a wise man. So don't, you know, every time we come to a service, and, and I have walked in a few Christian circles, so... I've seen quite a few things happen. You know, people come to church and they come to sit down, pastor preaches, 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 and they say amen and they walk back home and their lives will never, ever change. Nothing will ever happen to them. Because the change does not come by the hearing. It comes by the doing, the response that you gave the word of God. Our salvation is a result of response. And I told you how spiritual things work. And I use um, electricity to explain to you that there is so much power in this socket you're seeing here. There's so much power in it that it can charge your laptop. It can charge your fridge. It can charge, you know, um, your phone. We can use a washing machine there. So much power in there, but I can walk around it, touch it, and nothing's going to happen. 
No power, just power, no nothing. Until I decide to pluck the um, adapter or whatever it is into it, then I will begin to enjoy the power that is already. So the, the problem is not the power. So the problem is not the power. The issue is not the power. The issue is my response to the power. I tell you day in, day out, and you can, you can tell that it's, it's, a, it's a serious heartbeat for me that I want your Christianity to produce the result that God said it will. I know that, yes, through in the, throughout the body of Christ, we are still um, growing in certain things and we are still learning a few things because we still have a whole lot of people behind. Sometimes when you make certain statements and you, you hear the, the, the clap back that you get, you realize that so many people don't know nothing. No, no, nothing. But we are coming, right? Acts chapter 20, verse 32. For example, if you hear people, if it's an unbeliever, I don't have a problem. But you have Christians, if you have Christians, have a problem with a fellow believer going to preach the gospel. And you know that we are really behind. And when I had the Instagram live session, I made that statement. So people make that statement. We are all Christians, but but what? We are all Christians, but what? But what, bro? Jesus said that greater works shall we do. We've not, you've not even done the greater works. We are even complaining about simple things like preaching. Bro, Paul was standing in front of fire. Bible says a snake bit him and he shook the snake into the fire. We have not seen some with our eyes. Instead of us to be contending for that level, we are so bickering about someone went to preach. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So the word of his grace, the word of God is able to build you up. Now, when you go into the Bible, you see the word of his grace. You see the word of his judgment. So God is telling you the word of God that is able to build you up. is not the word of his judgment. Because some Christians specialize in the judgment of God. Woe unto you. The soul that sinner shall surely die. Have you ever heard people, and sometimes I wonder, look, I, I, sometimes, you know, I'm like, God, don't they have a Bible? You, have you ever seen people say that the Bible says that we shouldn't shave the sides of our head, and the Bible says we should, nobody should do a tattoo? Have you ever heard those things? And they'll open the Bible, right? And where do they open? Leviticus. That is a slap on the face of theology. It does not make any sense. How could you, how could you open Leviticus for me? Oh, but pastor, it's all in the Bible. 
I'm very happy he said, by the word uh, and, and to the word of his grace. I'm very happy he said that. Let me help you. Genesis, when you read the book of Genesis, Genesis is not part of the Old Testament. I'm helping you. Now, they say that if it is not broken, no need to fix it. So, we are not now going to say, let's re-divide um, the Bible. Alright? So, we just, generally we can just take it. Now, I'm giving you some certain indexes. Genesis is not part of the Old Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not part of the New Testament. Okay. <laughs> I know somebody said, I'm not coming to this church again. This pastor. <laughs> I'll help you. If, if Bible, we can allow Bible to explain itself, you will see that I'm right. Yeah, so don't close, don't close the chapter on me. Right. Don't block your ears yet. Why is Genesis not part of the Old Testament? Because in Genesis, no law was given. The law of Moses began, uh, the, the law began from Moses. Bible says that the law came by Moses. So everything before Moses was not the old covenant. It's in the Bible, your own Bible. Okay, John chapter 1. Verse 17. He said, for the law was given by Moses. Now when we say testament, testament might uh, confuse a few people. Co- um, testament just means covenant or will. Alright, so God cuts a first will. It's also called the first covenant. Now God cuts a first will with the people. And that first will came by Moses. So everything that happened in Genesis came before Moses. So God got a certain kind of will with Abraham. But that was not the old covenant. That was what we call the eternal covenant. It's the covenant that gave birth to both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, who was the Old Testament given to? It's very important we understand that. Who was the Old Testament given to? The Old Testament was not given to the Christian. The Old Testament was given to the Jew. Are you a Jew? So the Old Testament was written for the Jew. It was given to the Jew. It was given to them. And that Old Covenant, someone asked me, okay, so sir, why then does God... um, Allow the Old Testament, or if it was written for the Jew, why does God allow it to be given to us? Romans chapter 15, verse 4. He says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime. Now, hold on. Before you, 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 you think, whatever things were written aforetime. At the time Paul was writing this, there was no New Testament. Are you getting it? At the time he was writing this, he was now writing this. So everything he was talking about there was the Old Testament, or what we call the Scriptures. And I, I'm doing the um, lockdown. I, I, I did a teaching on this. 
Maybe I'll, I'll touch a few on, on some of those things. I did a teaching on this and I explained. I said, when the Bible mentions scripture, the New Testament books are not really mentioned as scripture. Why? Because at the time they were referring to scripture, those books were not written. So someone asked, so why those books? I'll explain why those books. So he says, whatsoever things we're reading at full time, we're reading for our learning. Then he says, that we through patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So it was written for our learning so that it will help us to understand the whole counsel of God and help, help us to get the whole character of God. So if you go through the scriptures, you know some people say, we, don't, we can never know God, we can never know God. No, when you go through the scriptures, you can know God. That's the medium that he gave us to be able to know him. The scriptures. So that when you read in the scriptures that God opened the Red Sea, you can write it down and say, God opens Ways where there are no ways. You see, it has given you a knowledge of the character of God. So whatever was written in Leviticus concerning don't shave your head, don't put tattoo, it's not applicable to the Christian. If the Christian now decides to um, put in certain um, things like not wear a tattoo, uh, not put on a tattoo on his body and all that. It will now be based on a different set of uh, rules. Like, I'm in Ghana. If I put a tattoo here and I go to preach the gospel, I've lost 50% of my congregation. So people are just not going to listen to me because I remember when we had swag service. And I said, everybody should dress, you know, swag. You know, one time we were best resting. And I dyed my hair yellow. Some of you were there. So I got a, a, a notification from one member of the choir. Said she brought her best friend. And her best friend was sitting down. The moment I climbed, the best friend texted her, no, I am not coming to this church again. Look at your pastor's hair. So the best friend now begged her, that you just sit down and listen to him. Somebody say power. Yeah. With the dyed hair, we now demonstrated power. By the time someone's deaf, one, deaf in one ear just popped open, the lady said, okay. Okay. How am I saying Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are also not part of the New Testament? Hebrews chapter 9. Give me verse 15. Okay, even from verse 1, it's getting really interesting. Let's start from verse 1. I just want you to see this. Then verily, the first covenant, are you seeing? The first testament or covenant, all right? The first verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Okay, go to... um, uh, Chapter 10, verse 1. Then we'll come back to chapter 9, verse 16. He says, for the law, or the first testament, he says, having a shadow of good things to come. So the law was not the main thing. The law was the shadow of the real thing. So in the law, you will see the shadow. 
Because God speaks in types and shadows. You will see the shadow of the Christ. So when you see the table of the showbread there, when you decode, you will see Christ littered all over the scripture. So when you, one of the reasons why some people don't understand the book of Numbers and the book of Leviticus is because you can never understand those books. They will never be interested until you look at them from the lenses of the Christ. Because Leviticus, the, the meaning of Leviticus is holy living. Now Leviticus speaks about um, the sacrifices they made, the things they did, and all those sacrifices speak of the Christ. And I explained to some people some time ago, I said, even the animals that were compatible with the sacrifice, God told them that, don't, don't kill an animal that um, has paws. You can only sacrifice an animal whose feet part the hoof. That means whose feet just have one partition. So goats, sheep. Every other animal, like dog, is unclean for the sacrifice. So they use the lamb and all that for the sacrifice. Now, what does that talk about? Why did the Bible even call Jesus Christ the lamb? Because in Leviticus, it spoke about Jesus being the lamb. Why did it talk about Jesus being the lamb? Why? Because of the innocence of the lamb. And that was going to typify how he was going to be dragged to the cross. He didn't reply. If you take a little goat and you try to kill the goat, the goat is going to fight with you a little. How many of you have killed a goat before? He said the law, well, the law was a shadow of, of the good things to come and not the very image. He said, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comments there unto perfect. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Now we're going, we're doing Bible here now. Where there is a testament, there must be the death of the testator. So until Jesus died, the New Testament could not take effect. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was alive. And Jesus did not have a ministry to the Gentiles. So there was no New Testament. Because the New Testament was spread across to everyone, including those who were Jews and not. When Jesus Christ sent his disciples out, he told them, he said, don't go out of Israel. He said, I send you only to the lost sheep of Israel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those teachings were <laughs> pre-New Testament teachings. He was teaching them, you know, things that the Jews should know. So I explained, even when we had three nights of faith and power, I said, the statement, have faith in God, is not a New Testament statement. I say, someone will tell you, just have faith. It's not, it's fine, you, at least you have started from somewhere. But it's not, it's not, it's not consistent with the nature of the new creation. Why, 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 why? Now, Jesus tells the Jews, have faith in God. What's he doing? He's treating faith as an outside force. When I say, have your phone, what are you going to do? Your phone is outside you, so you're going to take it. Am I right? All right? Or take your bag. Your bag now is an outside force. It's an outside material. So you're going to take your bag, which is outside of you. But in the New Testament, when you go to the book of Romans chapter 12, it said God had dealt with every man the measure of faith. That means every Christian comes to Christ with faith already. 
So then faith is no longer an outside force. Faith now becomes um, the seed of God in the spirit of the Christian. So the Christian is born with faith. He becomes born again with faith as part. Now, the day the gospel was preached to you, all right, while they were telling you, Jesus died for you, all of a sudden, even though your head might not really uh, want to accept the fact that a virgin gave birth and Jesus, how can one person die and everybody will be saved? Even though it does not sound so nice to your mind, your spirit is able to accept it. Then you believe. When, when, when the gospel is shared with you, that seed of faith comes into your spirit. So you read the book of Second Peter, he says, and the Bible says, add to your faith virtue. Why didn't he say, add to yourself faith? Say, add to your faith, meaning the faith already came with you being born again. So, if there are other things to add, he says, add knowledge. Why? Knowledge now becomes an outside thing. You have to go into the scriptures, you have to learn, you know, go to church. Now, it becomes an outside thing, so you are adding it to your faith. You see? It's important that we understand the scope of scripture because when we, we are not able to rightly divide the word of truth and understand the scope of scripture, our Christianity would still be like, you know, it's, 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 it's appalling. It's appalling. We don't demonstrate the supernatural around us. We don't demonstrate the supernatural. I mean, it's appalling. Christianity today, as I look at it, it does not um, correspond to what I see in the Bible. Not at all. And one person, two people do it, it is not enough. Now when a meeting and pastor prayed and this person got healed. No, that is not it. That's not, it's not one man champion we are trying to do. You know, certain churches, there's only one prophet. One man of God, one prophet, one man champion. After service, everybody wants to see him. Give me a word. Give me a word. Is that the model of the church that we saw in the scripture? No. No. So, we are, we are still on the topic victory by the word. Now, I want to do this. With what I've just shared right now, what I've just said, if you have a question, I would like to take it. What I just talked about right now. If you have a question. Feel free. Oh, that means you understood it. Okay, someone has a question. Good one. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Sir, please, um, you said when uh, um, the New Testament, when Paul talks about scriptures, it's very it's referring to the Old Testament. Um, but then scripture says that all scripture is given for Correction. At the so, time he was writing all scripture, that book was not written. He was writing it. Okay, so um, when he meant all scripture, what was he referring to? He was writing to the Old Testament. And how do, can we use the Old Testament to, like, like, can we live our life by the Old Testament? We can. The reason the, the, reason the New Testament scriptures were given to us, or the books that we see were given to us, is because now, you cannot... Live your life fully on something that was just prophetic. After that prophecy has been fulfilled, it has to also be documented. I want you to get my points. Now, are you getting it? 
Take, for example, a prophet comes to prophesy that, oh, in 2022, this and that is going to happen. Then we enter 2022 and it happens. You will have to document his prophecy and its fulfillment so that we know that this prophet was an accurate prophet. Am I right? Am I right? So the, 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 the center of all the Old Testament writing or the scriptures was the Christ. Now he says, the law having a shadow, give, give it to me again, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1. The law having the shadow of good things to come and not the very image. So it was not the very image. So the law was centering on the Christ. Now, I've done, I've done many teachings. This is not the time to do all that. I've done, I've, made, I've done so many teachings on the law. And during the camp, I even explained a few things. Jesus Christ at Emmaus, Bible says, through the law and the prophets, he began to explain to Cleopas who he was, that he was the Messiah. So he, ha- he used the law and the prophets because the law, Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses is a word established. So the law is a witness. The prophets are also a witness. That's why on the Mount of Transgression, Moses and Elijah had to come to become a witness of the handing over to the Christ. So he says, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifice with the offered year by year continually make the comments there unto perfect. So now, why the, 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 the extra books, like the four synoptic gospels. Why those books? Because the law in Genesis, everything begins as a seed. So the beginning of every theology is in Genesis. Anything that does not begin in Genesis cannot become a doctrine. It cannot be a truth. For example, marriage began in Genesis. Titan began in Genesis. Childbearing began in Genesis. Sin began in Genesis. Every truth begins in Genesis. Have I mentioned marriage? Yes. It began in Genesis. So, when we now leave Genesis and now go into the law, talking about the Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, when we go into the law, we now see everything that came as a seed in Genesis now being developed in the law. So that's the reason why some people say, oh, there's no need to tithe because tithe was the law. So if the law has been abolished, then that means um, tithing should also be abolished. But no, because the tithing began in Genesis. That was pre-law. And the first man who gave a tithe was not told by God to give a tithe. He gave it as a result of revelation. So, when we leave the, the, the part of the law, we now come to the songs. So, every true doctrine also is recorded as a song. What are the songs? Psalms, songs of Solomon. So, you see marriage, I'm giving you an example. Marriage in Genesis. Marriage in the law. Marriage in the songs. Solomon sang a lot about marriage. He said, my beloved. He even spoke about the breast and different things. Solomon is very, very bold. It also comes as a, as, a, as a song. When we go, after all these things are recorded, if there was a prophetic word, all right, and okay, I, I talked about the Genesis as a seed, the law, 
as a as a as a law, all right? Then it also comes in the prophets as a prophecy. Marriage is also recorded as prophecy by the prophets. Hosea had to go and marry a prostitute because God wanted to use it to prophesy. Kai! Hey, ministry is hard. That, the, the guy's ministry is that he has come into the world and his ministry is that he will marry a prostitute so that the prostitute will cheat on him so that he will feel how God is feeling about cheating and prophesy with a feeling. That's somebody's ministry. That's what he came to do in the world. Hosea. Hey, Hosea. I tell you, many, many men of God would have filled that test. Don't tell God, I cannot do it. But the guy was a lab rat for spiritual things. That's, because that kind of prophecy, God is saying that he cannot just, that guy cannot just prophesy that prophecy until he feels the way God is feeling. Because at that time, Israel was cheating on God with other gods. So God said, okay, I need someone to prophesy. Hosea, come. That's, the, that's why they gave it to the guy. He, he was born like <laughs> As he came into the world like that, they told him, okay, go and pick a prostitute and marry, and that is the hour. Then he began to prophesy with that prophecy. Jeremiah also prophesied. So, for example, marriage like that was recorded in the prophets as a prophecy. Then it now comes into the Psalms and as a song. Okay? Then these four should be enough. But then, David said, the word of God is like a, a material that is tried seven times. So for us to arrive at a, a total truth, it will have to be recorded and tried seven times. Ticked seven different boxes. So at this time it is four. Which is supposed to be good, but it's still an image. So now, the synoptic gospels now came as a fifth one towards to mark the prophecy. That was given. So you see a lot of times in the, the synoptic gospel, Matthew will say that it might be fulfilled what was written by the prophets. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? Why? He is giving credence to what was written by the prophets. So he said that it might be fulfilled what was written by the prophet, so, so, and so. That it might be fulfilled what was written by the prophet. So it now comes into the synoptic gospel as a testimony. So it comes into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as a testimony. That's five. Now, it also comes in the epistles as a doctrine. Someone said there was no need for the books of Paul. There was a, there was a yes need. There was a need for the books of Paul. You know why? Because Jesus Christ made a statement in John chapter 15. He said, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot receive them now. How be it when the spirit of truth comes? That means Jesus did not share everything with the disciples. So, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, there will be a new set of teaching that will, will be built upon what I've taught you. But the higher ones will come when the Holy Spirit comes. Now, imagine Jesus Christ was one day talking to the disciples and said that, I am the bread of life. Then the people said that, ah, is it the bread that you multiply for the people? They couldn't understand the, the, the sayings of Jesus Christ. They couldn't understand. Jesus would talk and the people would behave so dumb because you need the Holy Spirit to understand the things of the Spirit. So Jesus Christ said, I cannot teach you everything now, but th that means there was more. That more was now revealed to Paul 
who now brought it to the church as a doctrine. So it, it showed the church how to live. And he showed that the, Jesus Christ spoke about the church just once. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not be built. That was the only time Jesus Christ spoke about the church. But Paul now came to break it down and explain that church was the body of Christ. And the church was, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So he came to the epistles as a doctrine. That's number word six. Then it now comes in the book of Revelation as a finality. It now comes to the book of Revelation as a finality. So every truth will have to tick all these seven boxes. So when you go into something like the rapture, you will see rapture from Genesis. Enoch was raptured. Enoch was raptured. Are you getting it? So, the, as for the word of God, there is no... <laughs> Looks like I'm changing my message today. I'm changing my... There is no contradiction. If you think there's any contradiction, I'm here for you today. Thank you. Give me the microphone. Thank you. Um, please, it's not actually a contradiction question okay. I want to ask. But you mentioned of um, Gentiles. Okay, um, but before then, you made few examples like tattoo. That was, that was made for the Jews. The you made few examples like tattoo. Yeah, you know that particular rule was made for the Jews. For the Jews, yeah. Actually, we are Ghanaians. But yes. my question is, you mentioned of Gentiles. I want to know who are Gentiles. One. Okay. Are we part of the Gentiles? Yeah. If yes, how? Okay. And then finally, which books in the Bible? We're actually waiting for the Gentiles that we are supposed to live our life by if we come to believe in Christ. Thank you. Powerful. So the first one, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are any nation apart from the Jews. So there's Ghanaian Gentile, Burkina Faso Gentile, any nation that in, 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 in Israel, they are called the Goyim or Ramatayim, which is People who are, in quotes, unclean. The animal that that's the Bible uses to explain the Gentiles are the dogs. So, David prophesied and said, Dogs have compassed me round about in, in um, Psalm 22, where he was prophesying about the Christ. Go to Psalm 22. Now, he begins with, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That rings a bell, right? That reminds us of Jesus. So, all through this part of scripture, Jesus Christ, uh, Paul, uh, David was prophesying. He was, it was a messianic prophecy. He started prophesying of what was going to come concerning the Christ. So now, in this particular scripture, he now mentions that dogs have compassed me run about. And who are the dogs? Who compassed me run about? The Roman soldiers, those were Gentiles. They were not Jews. So those were Gentiles. Now, you ask that, the first question is, who are the Gentiles? I've answered, who are the Gentiles? Then, the second question, how do we become Gentiles? Just because we're not Jews, we're Gentiles. You understand? Just because we're not Jews, just because we're born in God. Someone said, it is not fair. Wow, how were we not? You understand? It's, it's, um, 
how God decided to redeem the world. The, all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So how is God going to remedy the situation? God is going to come to the world to go and die. So to come and die, he has to start a nation. Then give the nation laws through which they can become righteous. So the nation had the laws from God. So through that nation and the laws that God gave them, God now um, brought his son, the Messiah, through that nation. And that Messiah now dies. Now, when that Messiah dies, his, his death is supposed to bring salvation to the Jews and to the Gentiles. But the Jews reject him, so he goes to the Gentiles. So he says, John chapter 1. He said he came to his own. His own what? Received him not. Then he said, as many. So, Jesus Christ comes. He comes to the Jews. He says, hey, I'm the Messiah. They reject him. He said, if you reject me, then it is now legal for me to now go out. So he walks out and says, anyone who receives me now becomes saved. So then, which, how do we now come into the fold of God? Now, we become Time will not permit me to show you that scripture in the book of Romans. He says, now we become Jews. He said he's not a Jew who is outwardly. In Romans chapter 3. In, he said he's not a Jew who is one outwardly. He said, but one whose circumcision is of the heart. Because one of the ways that you know the Jews is the circumcision. You understand? You know circumcision? Yes. That's it. One zam. You understand? So, the, so he says, Paul says, now the circumcision is no longer of that which is of, uh, of, the, of the skin or outwardly, but the circumcision is of the heart. That means the one who receives Christ now comes into the fold of God. Now, Jesus Christ, when he was about to die, went to the Jews, he went to the temple, and they rejected him. So he walked out and he says that he will not come again. That's how we, 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 we measure the rapture of the church, how we calculate it. He said he will not come again until they say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So when he walked out of the temple, he walked out to the Gentiles. So those who were out now received him. So he said that he will not come again until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. What are the times of the Gentiles? Now, when he walked out, he goes to the Gentiles and he says that the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. What is the time of the Gentile? Now, when Jesus Christ, the first day he went to preach in, among the Gentiles, that was in Samaria. He went there for two days. After two days, he came back. That was prophetic. So Hosea talked about it. He said, after two days, he will revive us. Who is Hosea talking about? The Jews. So after two days, what are the two days? Peter said, a day to the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years to the, is a day. He didn't say, a day to the Lord is a thousand years and five million years to a day. It's not... He says, he, he made a day is thousand, thousand is a day. That means specific. That is actually how God counts it. So those two days that Hosea talked about, and those two days that Jesus Christ spent in Samaria, were the 2,000 years after his death. After the 2,000 years after his death, now he will return to the Jews. So God's calendar with the Jews will return. That is what will make the rapture of the church come. Now if God's calendar is returning to the Jews, that means those that he has saved, that is called the church. Those people have to be raptured. They have to be taken out of the way so that the calendar can continue. Any other question? Any Bible question? Your final? Which was? That was oh, you see, like I said, 
the Old Testament is not a forbidden book for the Gentile. God said we should read that book for our learning. So, yes, we read Jeremiah. Yes, we read Isaiah. What, what does it help us to do? It helps us to understand where God is coming from and where we are. You understand? So, those books are given to us. Now, when you want to know a book that is given for us to live by, the epistles. Those books were written for the church. Do you understand? Because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Now, the first nation was the Jews. The second nation was the Gentile. Now, another church, another nation came out. That is called the church. So, we are in the church. We are neither Jews nor Gentiles now. He said, um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Um, verse 14. Let's start from 13. Now he said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, he's writing to the Ephesians who are from Ephesus. Okay? Now, these are Gentiles who have not come into Christ so that they are the church. So he says, for he is our peace who hath made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He had made the two one. Who are the two? The Jews and the Gentiles. When you go and read from um, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, you understand what he's talking about. He said he had made the two one and broken the middle wall of partition. What was the middle wall of partition? That was separating the Jews and the Gentiles. The law. Because the Jews thought, we are righteous because we have the law. The Gentiles said, ah, we didn't have any law, so we were already sinners. So God said he broke the middle wall of partition. So what's the middle wall of partition? He says in verse 15, he says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment contained ordinances for to make him help in himself of twin one new man, so making peace. Verse 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. Now, have you ever heard people say that? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And they try to use that scripture to say everybody's a sinner. That's wrong. Because they don't read it in context. They don't read it in context. At that time, Paul was making an argument. During the lockdown, I taught this, uh, I taught this on Instagram. I said, at that time, Paul was making an argument. And he says that, hey, for all have sinned. What's all have sinned? The Jews have sinned because they had the law. They couldn't obey. The Gentiles have sinned because they were not given the law at all. So all have sinned and comes from the glory of God. Then the next scripture he, he says after that is that, um, now being justified freely by his grace. You see, being justified freely by his grace. Now look at Romans chapter 4 verse 18. Okay, give me the last, the last scripture in Romans chapter 4, the last uh, verse, Romans chapter 4. Look at this. He says, who was delivered for our offenses? So, at this time, God is explaining everything that happened in scripture. He said he was delivered for offense. That means Jesus Christ was delivered for the reason of our offenses. So, the cross was because of our offense. So, the cross was because of sin. That means Jesus could have died if he didn't resurrect, our sin has been taken away. But why was he resurrected? He said, and was raised again for our justification. What is justification? If he was delivered for your offense, it's like you sinned and he forgave you. If he justifies you, it means you never sinned. Justification means discharged and acquitted, not guilty of the crime. So, Yes, sometimes we, we, when we are speaking to babes, we go to evangelical programs, we tell, oh, I was a bad boy, and Jesus Christ saved me, you know, because of the people we are speaking to. 
We've gone out. They don't understand. But when we come among believers, it is inconsistent to say I was a bad boy. I was never. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, not a refurbished. So, he said, who was delivered for offenses and raised again for our justification now? Romans chapter 5 verse 1. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. That means faith in Jesus justifies us. He said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, peace came between us and God because of justification. Through justification. That means it's, it, uh, I'm discharged and acquitted and not guilty of the crime. And I told you, the real um, story of Jesus Christ dying for us is not that we were, you know, some people have sang some songs, beautiful song, but it just doesn't carry the total truth. It's that I was lost and sinking deep in sin and Jesus Christ came to rescue me. That would be fraudulent. Because if, if Jesus is in the boat and you are sinking and he saves you, it is, inc- it is wrong because you are supposed to sink. Because of sin. So he cannot just stand up and just save you. The water will demand justice. So what did Jesus do? He took you into the boat and he jumped in the water for you. That's the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the water will demand justice. Someone say, I'm born again. again. Say, thank you, Jesus, for my life. Now, looks like I'm not preaching what I preached, what I wrote down. But it looks like the Holy Spirit is taking me somewhere. Look, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what I, I discovered? I discovered that the unbelievers think we believe something and that's not what we believe. They think we are being religious because we want to go to heaven. Forget it. I'm not trying to make heaven. Come on. I'm not trying to make heaven. They actually think we are trying to be good. Now, there is no amount of good that makes a man go to heaven. They, oh God. They, you cannot be good enough. You know, hmm. have you ever heard, heard atheists say things like, me, I don't go to church, but I have a good heart. That's pride. That's pride. And all of them say the same thing. It's like they've gone to the same school and they've told them, that's the highest form of pride. You, you are joking. That is it, I, I, don't, I don't go to church, but I, I have a better heart than these people. What are you saying? Under what scrutiny are we putting your actions? Somebody said that, he was, he, he, he was my Uber driver. He said that, we got close to people who were begging. You had money in your car, you didn't give them. You are not good, my friend. What makes you think you are better than somebody? That's pride. You cannot be good enough. You have to be saved. Because for all have sinned. <laughs> the problem of sin is not your actions, it's a nature. <laughs> The problem is not, it's not, it's not actually, and, and, and like I said, I'm not trying to make heaven. I'm not trying to go to heaven. I'm, why, why would I be, how am I going to heaven? I was like, oh, pastor, please, it looks like, 
When we all got saved, they told us that we'll go to heaven. You know, certain, certain Christians preach that when you get to heaven on judgment day, they will wear your good and your bad nonsense. Jesus didn't have to come and die then. There was no need for the death of Jesus then. They'll say, God will now be weighing your good. Then you're bad. When you were 15 years, good. When you came to 19, bad. 22, bad. Then when you get to your 30s, you are now balancing. Good. Don't be small, skilled, uh, weighing this thing we are doing in heaven. Some to say that they will show video in heaven. Oh, God. Hey, there's no small pornography that you are coming to watch in heaven. Somebody will stand with the angel who is holding the remote. Tell it, tell it. Don't show, don't show, don't show. When you get 20 years, don't show, don't show. I beg you. Fast, fast forward, fast forward. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. When you get to where I was in Legon, please just forward, forward. These are the days that are recorded in a man's life. The day he's born and the day he's saved. The rest, they are not recorded. There's no file. There's no file. Okay. Book of Life. The Book of Life You think the book of life, go and read your Bible. The book of life is not, they are not recording your sins. And when you get born again, they don't now write your name. Yeah, you are are shocked. It's not when you now get born again, they will now write your name in the book of life. The Bible says, and whosoever's name was not found. Not whosoever's name was not written. Every man that comes to the world's name is written in the book of life. That's the name, book of life. You come into the world, your name is written. But when you don't accept Jesus Christ, your name is blotted out. Moses said, blot not my name out of the book of life. So, but, but you know, like I said, if it's not broken, we don't fix it. Like, so when you say, give your life to Christ, I will write your name in the book of life. Who is writing it? Uh, even human beings have, 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 listen, even human beings have tablets. Even human beings have tablets. You understand? Even human beings have tablets. How, how do you think an angel is writing there? Forty people give their life to Christ. see do. You get it? Now, like I said, these people who say that they are so good, they are good, they, are, they have a good heart. <laughs> Don't deceive yourself. There was a man in the Bible like that with a very good heart. His name was Cornelius. The Bible says that he was always praying and he was giving alms. Always giving, always praying. The Bible says an angel appeared to him and he said, send men to Joppa. So they sent Peter 
He sent men to Joppa. He was a, a Roman centurion. I mean, he was a, he was a high-ranking person. He sent men to Joppa. They went to fetch Peter. And Peter came to preach in his house. That was the scripture that the Bible says that. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon them that head. That was Cornelius and his family. And they began to speak in tongues. That's how they got saved. God didn't care about his good arms. He didn't care about his prayer. He still had to lead him to the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. You cannot be good enough unto salvation. No one says, let's just be good. Let's just be good uh, human beings to one another. And, and, and those are the most wicked people because they don't realize, I'm telling you, because they don't realize that, you know, at every point in time, when you try to be good to everyone without a measurement of good, you will be wicked to another. Two guys were speaking with me and they said, if God is good, why did this happen? If God is good, and I said, you don't want to know if God is good. No, you don't want to know. Actually, what you think is that good is God, not God is good. Think about what I just said. You have decided what is good, and you are expecting God to be good. Or you're good. You think good is God. You are not thinking God is good. If God is good, and he is God, he should decide what is good. <laughs> so I asked me, he said, why did God ask some people to kill children in the, New Test- in the Old Testament? And I said, our wisdom does not reach there. And I said, if when Adolf Hitler was born, God commanded that they should kill him, who will cry human rights? Who will cry human rights? If he asked anybody's opinion, who will all cry human rights? Look at how many people he killed. He killed six million Jews. Our wisdom doesn't reach there. <laughs> you think if God is threatened by our wisdom, we will just clear, we will blow up, we all finish. <laughs> if he's threatened by our wisdom, he will just blow. If there is a God, and the reality of God, we I don't just use Bible to know truth. But the Bible is very good. But I don't just use Bible to know truth. The reality of God, we also check with the changes that it has made in the human heart. We have seen people in prison, all right? We have seen people in prison that you share the gospel with them and they got a change of heart, not a change of character. They got a change of heart. Something happened to them. So actually, people think we don't have anything doing and we are coming to church and we don't have anything doing and we are trying to make heaven. So we are trying to be good and be religious and go to heaven. Hell no. The Bible, Philippians chapter 2. I'm not trying to make heaven. I'll tell you why I'm not trying to make heaven. Some of you are surprised. I'm not trying to make heaven. My friend, how am I going to make, trying to make heaven? They said, I am an ambassador of Christ. How can I be an ambassador of a nation that I am not a, 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 a citizen of? So, sorry, Philippians chapter 3. Yeah, verse 19, look at this. Okay, let's start from verse 18. He says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Verse 20. 
for our conversation is in heaven. Now hold on. Conversation there might surprise you that conversation is in heaven. No. Give me NIV. You'd understand what it means by conversation there. But our citizenship. I lift your hand. Speaking tongues. Hold on. Hold on. You know, when I say I'm a prophet, sometimes my prophesying is not just I call people's names. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm just speaking to people. When we lifted our hand and I said speaking tongues, some people were wondering, how can you just start speaking in tongues? Yeah, I know. How can you just start speaking in tongues? Nah, spirit has to come upon you. No. I've never seen somebody who speaks in tongues, who speaks against speaking in tongues. Because if you speak in tongues, you know how supernatural it is. You know, like for example, if I say I'm speaking in tongues now, I don't know what I'm about to say. I don't know. I don't know. But if I start right now, how did I know I'm coming to say this? I didn't know. So we, we appreciate how the words don't pass through our minds, but our, our, our spirits are speaking because it comes directly from your spirit to your mouth. It doesn't go through your mind. So, someone said, the spirit must come upon you for you to speak in tongues. No, because speaking in tongues is not uh, the Holy Spirit speaking through you like people have said. It's not the Holy Spirit speaking through you. It is your spirit speaking. Today I'm doing a lot of basics. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for ourselves. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we are citizens of heaven. So I'm not trying to make heaven. I am a citizen. Am I talking to somebody here? So when the rapture of the church comes, they are not coming to check what, how many good, how many bad I've done. I am a citizen. Do you understand citizen? They, they are not coming for some people and I'm trying to go. They are coming for me. You will go with the rapture of the church. So I'm not bothered. Sometimes some people say, hey, if rapture comes, will you go? Then they will start counting how many good, how many bad they've done. Let me tell you something about being good. Never do good with the mentality that you are trying to make heaven because you are doing good. As a Christian, doing good is part of your nature. You, you cannot do otherwise. Bible say the fruit of the Spirit is love. You understand? So when I act, it's supposed to be love. <laughs> Are you getting it? When I act, it's supposed to be love. Yes, we know, yes, there are, are Christians who are not living according to the word of God and there are no Christians who are being bad and Christians who are, yes, yes, yes. It didn't start with us. It had been there. Just like they are fake everything. Jesus Christ talked about false prophets. He talked about false teachers. What people don't know is that he also talked about false brethren. But we never mentioned that. We are not ready for that conversation. We are not ready for that conversation. It is good to bastardize prophets. Yeah, that is why it's a false prophet. We are always looking for the false prophet, but we don't realize that Jesus Christ spoke also about false brethren. Paul talked about false, they are false brethren. They are, not, they are not of us. They don't walk in love. Walking in love is supposed to be a day-to-day thing. It's not, that, that should not be how we are selecting who is going to heaven. It's like you give a dog a word for backing. What was he supposed to be doing before? Wow, my dog can really back, man. <laughs> Did you get it? I'm born again. 
Say after me, say, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Say, the Holy Spirit is working in me. Say, my human spirit bears fruits of love and joy and peace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My Christianity is solid. I, I, I understand where I'm going. I understand where I'm going with this. And like, I'm saved. So, I, I, you know, some people give their life to Christ today and they give it to you tomorrow. And when did you take it back? <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that needy, needy mindset of Christianity. Some Christians are so needy. So needy that, you know, when, when, when we call people who are, you know, not saved. They will come forward. They say, anointing. They will take anointing. When they say, I'll give you again. They will come again. Is it Coke? <laughs> no, it's a needy mindset. There's no sense of arrival. There's no sense of arrival. They'll say, I want a double portion. For your information, there's nothing like double portion. I know somebody's thinking, hey, pastor, this one that you're talking about, pastor, is not. Today's, this, this morning service is shaking off tables. Pastor, Elijah told Elijah that he wants a double portion of his anointing. Pastor, this thing you are saying right now is not in the Bible. Go and read the Bible. What the Bible says about double portion. You know, it's one of the things that makes Christians think they are not enough. It's like they need to go to a certain meeting for something else to be added. Meanwhile, you receive the whole Holy Ghost. Now, hold on. When Elijah went to Elijah that he wants a double portion, what did Elijah tell him? He said, you have asked a hard thing. The actual Hebrew reading says that you have asked an impossible thing. Why? Because how can I give you double of what I have? If I have it, will I have one? <laughs> Ask me for double of this. I don't have it. Ah. Now if I have two of this, won't, you, won't I have two? Don't you think? If I have two of this, I have two. I don't have one. Why are you asking for double of this? I can't give it to you. He said, you have asked a hard thing. Now, the doctrine of double portion that was mentioned about that, you have to go to Genesis to understand it. In Genesis, there was something called the double portion blessing. And that was what we call the right of the firstborn. It's like, uh, if I have a full land and I have seven children, I will divide the land into eight and I'll give the first two to the firstborn. So what Elisha was asking for was the right of the firstborn. Why? Because there were other prophets. So that when Elijah goes, he will now be a prophet instead of Elijah. And Elijah told him, he said, I cannot give it to you, but something will happen that will make you have it. For you to collect my grace, what will happen is that if you see it, you have it. He didn't tell him, if you see it, I'll give it to you. No, it's a spiritual reality. Once you see it, nothing can stop it. So, so they will go to double anointing. Then they'll go, they hear another, see another poster somewhere. Triple anointing. Then they will go, I'm going for triple anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want the grace of God to increase in your life, there's only one thing that you can do. Put it to work. When you are faithful with it, God will give you more. Like for example, last week I prayed, I said something, spiritual gifts have been activated. If you go to your house and put your hand here, nothing will happen. That's how spiritual things are. Exp uh, understand what I explained with the power. That's how it is. Gift of healing, when, when I was prophesied to that I had a gift of healing, I didn't roll on the floor. Some people roll, hey, 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 and they'll stand up and go, and they are the same. 
They told me you have a gift of healing. I said, okay. I didn't feel any power, nothing. The next day I was looking for sick people to pray for. That's how it works. The power of God works on the move. So Christians think they are never enough. They never have enough. Meanwhile, God gave you the full Holy Spirit. You are looking for another. We are looking for another in the Bible. Send your power, send your power, send your power now, send your power now. They forget, he said, you shall receive power. After which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We need your power, O oh Lord. We don't. I'm not attacking the, the, the writer of the song, I'm attacking the song. There's something wrong. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20, he says that now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that he asks or think. He said, according to the power that is at work in you. Not according to the power that you have, because you have all the power. He said, according to the power that is residently working in you. How do you put the power to work? You speak in tongues. You meditate on the word of God. The power is in you, but it's not working. Why? Because you have not activated it. Talk to me now. Meanwhile, you are still crying for more power. You are crying for more power. Christians think they are never enough. It's a needy mindset. Praise to the Lord for more power. Let's pray to the Lord for more power. You see the power, Lord. Power, Lord. Power, Lord. Rather, you lift your hand and say, Father, I think I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Now, when you start it like that, you might not feel anything. Nothing might be moving in you, but I'm full of the Holy Ghost. You say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Then you start, you begin to speak in tongues. You begin to rev the anointing. You begin to, you begin to, you know, turn it on. You begin to t- turn on the power. You begin to turn on the power. And you speak in tongues. Oh, not long after, after 10 minutes, you'll be finding yourself bubbling inside. How many of you, it has ever happened to you, you start praying, you were lying down, but after 20 minutes, you, were, you find yourself pacing the floor. Talk to me. Shela banko rama sekteke rakosa. You know what I want to talk about today, but I'll not be able to. Maybe I'll do it in the second service. I want to talk about victory over devils. It's victory by the word. Victory over devils. He said, "Behold, I give you power to trample over upon serpents and scorpions." Let me tell you something. There is nothing that is not reversible by light. I tell you that some people say, you know. Marobake Sokava. And I said, oh, this person who has spiritual marriage. Yes, those things are truth. If you ever think that there are no demons, you are deceiving yourself. <laughs> Aside what has been written in a book, I have encountered things myself. I have seen things myself. There are, people, there are certain people who are not in this service. They will tell you certain things that happened. One day they carried one of my guys. One of my guys, they brought to my house. They carried him from his house to my house. He saw a demon filly filly in his house. He got paralyzed on one side. I was having a live session. They brought him to her. I said, go and put him on my bed. Why am I not afraid of light? Someone say light. Light. You, you that demon, if they born you, they... Light. I said, go and put him on my bed. Because I was having a license, I said, I'm not letting people distract us. I'm going to put him on my bed. And they put him on my bed. When I got there, paralyzed on one side. And demons understand confrontation. Christ, let me tell you, a lot of Christians are too, they are too, you know, soft. Soft. Father, Father, Father. When I got there, demons understand emotion. 
Because when you are sad, it attracts demons because they understand emotion. <laughs> when you are sad, from one thing, other thoughts will now start coming. Am I right? Is that, is that all caused depression? Because the demons saw that, yay, yeah, somebody is sad. Then they come around. And you are just sad about maybe your broken screen. Then they'll tell you, no wonder. You will never have money. No wonder you have only 30 CD in your account. Don't say, oh, no wonder. That's why your mother doesn't want to even give you money. Then you will not be getting all those stuff because the demons have seen this is a fertile ground. The same with joy. When you are full of the Holy Ghost, God keeps talking to you. Hey! You understand? You understand? Sit down for a moment. You, be, you begin to, you know, ah, Ramakabahastis. When you see something that's repetitive, it's devilish. I'm telling you how some of the ways to find out if something is demonic. When it's repetitive, repetitive, always happens in January. Always happens in February. Always happens after two months, that's demonic. Not everything is demonic. Not every bad thing is demonic. But demons like to take credit for them too. Not every time you say the devil, he's happy rough. Don't think he's not. He's happy. Yeah, 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 I did it, I did it. He likes to take credit for it. Light. I told him, I said, go put him on my bed. And I got to the room. And I know demons understand confrontation. When you go there, you go and do. Out. 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 And sometimes you might be shaking inside. Eh? Don't worry. Demons don't read hearts. Only God reads hearts. Yeah. You might be shaking inside, but still stand there. It's like, it's like dogs. When, when you start running, they now realize that, ah. <laughs> hey! Casting out demons is not for a prophet to do. They tell you that this person has spiritual marriage, and we tell that they will tell that there's something special thing, no special thing. Anything that is demonic, he said, Behold, I give you power to trample over serpent and scorpion and over all. I told you the story of one, one, one young lady. They told her, not that, not that they told her she has spiritual marriage. Every night, a spirit was come to sleep with her. Every night. Let's stop glorifying demons. They are small boys. Every night we come to sleep with her. She said she has prayed, she has fasted. I said, it's not prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting don't suck demons. It is light. Because she said, the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehends. So one light shows up, there's no discussion. No, come on. If we put all of the lights here, darkness is here. If we put it on, no discussion, darkness has to leave. It's, come on. Then, she went to listen to a people of power. And I preached during Super Sunday. I told her to listen to it. She listened to that message. She listened again and again and again and again. She said, she said, Pastor, some mad faith that entered me. She said that night, she said some mad faith that entered me. Because every night, they will come and sleep with her. Every night. And those spiritual husband or spiritual whatever it is, no, they don't give chop money, they just sex. Look, if any spirit has been tormenting you, today is the last day. Rabakato Solaman Tekeba. Lekaba Sokata. Listen, and sometimes I told some people, I said, you can cast out demons from yourself. When you see yourself acting, acting a very wrong way, you know that this is not me. Go to like, out of me, out, out. Hey! 
Let me tell you, sometimes some penury, some, some penury is demonic. There are some people who just have bad money discipline, but there are some people, their own is demonic. It's like they fetch water into a, a basket, a, a basket with holes. Like they fetch water into baskets. And it just comes out. Anything they do, the, the demons are just making them broke. Just making them broke. Poverty is one of the hallmarks of demons. <laughs> some people don't understand some of these things. Have you seen a chameleon before? Have you seen a chameleon before? But you know what they do? They kind of adjust to colors. Am I right? The same with demons. Some people think there are no demons in Accra. But let me tell you, that's how demons operate. They look at the civilization and they adjust. When you go to a village, they will show you raw demonic. So, I me, mean, I've, been, I've been advocating. I said, if you're an atheist and you think there's no God, there's no demon, I know I have no places. I can show you. I'll just give you the address. Just go there. Go. Insult the precious prince. Something. Do it. Do something. Do something before you die, sir. There are demons in a car. Lights. Like, once the light of God hits you, something will break out inside. You are born again. You are a child of God. What's making you feel like a victim? How do you feel like a victim? Get angry one day. But you're not getting angry. You're not getting angry. You're still doing fine, girl. You, you are casting out demons and your lip gloss are still on. You're a guy, you are, you are trying to pass, cast out devil, you're a guy, and say, Demon, I shall tell you now, I command you now to go away, demon. I cannot cast out demon and, and have uh, accent. No, 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 no. Hey! Victory over devil. When, when they brought the guy to my house, he was on my bed. When I got there, I stood there, and I began to confront. The demons know when we are confronting them. Someone said, Power! <laughs> I stood there and I began to speak in tongues. You know, the demons know when you are confronting them. I didn't say, Shabalaba, Shabalaba, no. I said, Immediately, he began to vibrate. He began to vibrate. He began to vibrate. Shatakaba. So we're, we're going to for, for the next four minutes you're going to stand up and pray and you are going to cast out devils you're going to cast out devils let me tell you there is no there is no degree in casting out devils all you need is the name of Jesus someone say the name of Jesus so why do we speak in tongues we speak in tongues because when the word of God comes out of our spirit that's when it has potency so we speak in tongues because we are activating our spirits so you activate your spirit by speaking in the spirit by speaking in tongues, you speak in tongues. As you speak in tongues, you say in the name of Jesus Christ. You devil of poverty. Now, hold on. Before we, we do this, how many of you remember uh, that testimony from the pneumatical night when I said, there's a family that's been working in poverty. I said, hold your hands together. And from that day, that was the, that was the last time that it happened over there. 
Listen, let me tell you this this morning this morning you're coming to church is going to be a powerful testimony in your life I said it's going to be a powerful testimony in your life I said it's going to be a powerful testimony in your life it's going to be a powerful test. go ahead and begin to speak in tongues and cast out devils
Jesus. I come against demons of darkness. Hey, come on. Devils of addictions and afflictions. In the name of Jesus. Addictions are breaking now. They are breaking now. I charge you in the name of Jesus.